Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. Were all Welcome to the 49 Faithful UK show. So after the long off-season, it's now only a month until we face the Chicago Bears in week one. Before then, we do have the small matter of training camp, some pre-season games and the final roster cuts. I'm Gareth Ellis and here to help us all make sense of the pre-season, I'm joined by Paul Hope. Hello, everybody. And Najee Kowal. Hello, everyone. So uh, first, a little bit of news. It has been a while since we put a pod out. In fact, so long uh, that we haven't really had a chance to talk about the new Debo Samuel contract. Uh, he's now under contract for another three years. Uh, nice fat over 20 million a year. Are you boys happy uh, that Debo signed? No, we should have we should have got rid of him. No, of course, of course, of course. Very happy that we signed him. Uh, I think it's a it's a lot. It's a little bit less than 20 uh, in terms of guaranteed money and mm. um I'm pretty sure the fourth year or third year is only guaranteed uh, at the end of this year in April uh, after a roster bonus. So it's an extension. Uh, so he's going to finish his rookie contract and then uh, another three year on top of that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, very happy. Uh, on, we, it's one of them where we honestly kind of knew that we it was going to happen. But because of the noise of the media and uh, creating their stories and... It did have to be traded, but I think it was kind of a uh, negotiation tactic more than anything. Um, we we kind of got scared a little bit during a draft and when there's not much news. But yeah, we I think deep down we all knew he wasn't going to go anywhere. Uh, and uh, maybe Paul got a Debo jersey for his birthday. Or was yeah. it a bit too risky? No, I mean, it was great news. Like, like you said, Nancy, I think we all kind of said in the last few weeks it was going to come down to the guaranteed money, Gareth, rather than the average per year. And I think he was rather happy with his 58.1 million guaranteed. It's a three-year, 73.5 million deal, which is in the same ballpark as DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Obviously, they've all got the same agent. On that question, Nadji, I got a Nick Bosa jersey and a Joe nice. Montana jersey for my birthday. So I'm now proudly in clubs 97 and club 16. So, yes, I was very happy. But Debo is on my list for those people who remember when we played against Dallas, Nadji, when Debo ran that touchdown in, Tracy turned around and said, you don't have a Debo jersey, do you? And I was like, no, Tracy, <laughs> not yet. So I think we'll see a lot more number 19s um, in the group, Nadji, following the news of the deal. But, yeah, it's great for the team and it's great for Debo. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I was well pleased with it. I think the the money and the, and the length of the contract seems to be about uh, about bang on for his uh, uh, second contract. Uh, I like that they've managed to work in these incentives if he runs the ball so yeah. that Shanahan doesn't have to worry about something stupid with a certain amount of carries or, or something like that. He can he can use Debo as he likes uh, and Debo's going to be re- rewarded for, for running the ball more. So uh, once again, I think the front office seem to have, have managed to knock it out of the park by getting a contract that does seem to work for the team and work for the player. Um, and I think that the coaches have clearly managed to quickly mend whatever uh, uh, issues Debo had had problems with um, right back at the bit at the end of the season. Uh, so yeah, very happy. Just need to get him uh, on that practice field uh, and get him and Trey Lance um, in sync. I think, and then yeah, can't wait to see it. Uh, a couple of other guys we have picked up in the in the last couple of weeks: uh, Kamdichi from the defensive line and Willie Sneed, uh, veteran wide receiver. Uh, any thoughts, guys? Do you think these guys have got a, an actual chance of making the roster? 
Uh, I mean, uh, Sneed, uh, maybe. Uh, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, weird signing. It literally just mm. happened a couple of days ago. Um, tells me maybe we're not quite happy with our slot receiver, um, their possession guy. We know Kyle kind of likes, you know, the train teller type guy. And I think Willis Sneed is a, a seasoned veteran that has been playing in the slot and been productive with Drew Brees and, and Lamar Jackson most, most recently. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to cost us much. Uh, but, it, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a head scratcher. He's wearing number 18, so I think um, I think that's, that's good for him. More chance to... Uh, to to be in the final 53. Uh, Kim Dichi has been nothing but a flop everywhere he's been since he's been uh, drafted in the first round. Uh, but, uh, you know, if there's one D-line uh, in the whole league that likes to redeem an, a project, uh, it's ours. You know, we've had Kerry Hyder, we've had uh, DJ Jones, uh, and more that I can think of that we signed in a few last year and when we lost Maurice Hurst to uh, to an injury I think uh, it wasn't it, it's a no-brainer and he might not make it but um, why not take a punter for uh, uh, you know an old first round you never know there's a bit of talent there so uh, yeah uh, please and we'll see in, in a few weeks if they're still with us yeah uh, I, I think both, both of them are gonna perhaps struggle to make the final roster but yeah. uh, potentially good guys to have around uh, and and that's what you need, I think, at camp. You're trying to build a, a culture. Yeah. So, I think Snead was picked up when Jordan Matthews went down, and I think yeah. there was um, Marcus Johnson went into the concussion protocol, and I think there was uh, the wide receiver, Tersar Mack. So, like you said, I think it was a camp body. I think there was a lot of noise from some of the content creators for us to go in for Julio Jones. You know, maybe yeah. he was going to come in and play like the Sanu role. And the Sneed one, like you said, he's been around the NFL at this time of year. It's, it's a camp body. I think Jennings has struggled, Gareth, from some of the stuff I've seen online. He, he's had a few drops that, obviously, at this time of year, a lot of people are focusing on Trey Lance. They see, you know, the, the numbers come out of camp. Trey's got, you know, 5 of 11, 6 of 12. But I think Jennings has had some easy drops. So, you know, Shanahan's like, Ayuk was in the doghouse last year. And I think we're in that win-now mentality. So... The, the first round pickup, like Nadji said before, our D-line, might as well have a look at him, see what's going on. But uh, I think it will be a struggle to see both hit the roster. But then I say that, what do I know? <laughs> well, hope, hopefully you're going to add a, a load more to the, to, the, to the podcast. So let's hope you know something. Uh, so the first preseason game is upon us on Friday the 12th. Uh, we're going to stoke up the hype train and get stuck into the preseason. Uh, for those of you perhaps unfamiliar, the, the NFL offseason has quite a rigid structure of when players can train, when they can work with coaches for classroom tape sessions uh, and limited times for padded and unpadded practices. Uh, the team signs 90 players uh, for, for the practice for the uh, preseason uh, and aims to whittle them down to only 53 who will form the co- uh, core squad for the season ahead. Uh, other players who don't make it 
uh, get waived, which means that other teams in the NFL can come and claim them. Uh, and if they don't, some of those players will get signed to the practice squad. Uh, and the practice squad is effectively a reserve of players that can be promoted to the roster to cover injuries. But it's also a useful development squad for, for players who you think might have some potential, but who are not quite uh, yet NFL ready. Much of the roster is probably already decided, but there will be a few starting places up for grabs. Um, and certainly it's open for, for undrafted players, unfancy players, journeyman players could certainly make the uh, roster as, as perhaps second, third choice uh, depth players. Um, so as well as the players under contract from last season and our free agent signings, the 90-man uh, practice training squad will include recent draftees, uh, a load of players who went undrafted, and a few players who have perhaps bounced around the league from practice squads or have maybe played a game or two but have never really uh, found a home and settled anywhere. Uh, we seem to have done well with players like that, like Raheem Mostert, for example, who, who did a good job for us having bounced around from practice squads. Uh, so this... This is all the process of, of trying to find some hidden gems. Uh, the preseason process itself is important, but I think those of us who follow for a while know to not read too much into it. Every year there'll be players that struggle um, but end up having a good season. And likewise, there's players who turn heads in camp uh, only to vanish once the season starts. Uh, yeah. Any more preseason advice, Najee? Uh, just enjoy the moment where uh, anything is possible. I think this is the most hopeful time of the year uh, for the NFL uh, before, you know, before week one when uh, we effectively could go, you know, 17 and 0, um, and that is the case for every team. So it's it's quite enjoyable uh, to see, you know, just the excitement of football is back. It's something that I quite enjoy about football, despite also being. Uh, very hard sometimes the the big break in between does make it uh, kind of a little more special every year when when training camp comes around and uh, and and you're all excited for the new season and uh, everybody's zero zero and and everything is open so yeah enjoy the moment um cuz you never know what can happen you know uh, i'm thinking of the jets that just lost their their left tackle and it's it's you know it starts from there and can go downhill quite fast also, it can also go uphill quite fast and, and be more enjoyable. But at this time, it's very innocent and very naive, which I, I quite enjoy. It's quite nice. Yeah, and I think well, one of the big things I, that strikes me about preseason is is not only the job the coaches do, but they've they've tr they've got to get the players match fit. They've got to get the players ready. Yeah but also don't want to put too many miles on the clock before a long season starts. And yeah. I think that's, that's a real skill uh in in how the coaches get the most out of this preseason how how they train the players how the players uh, uh react to the drills and and to the 11 on 11 uh, uh game situations that they they play through um but yeah keeping keeping players fit i think a successful preseason is one where you end up with a load of fit players at the end of it um and i think yeah. what i've learned is don't don't yeah don't get too upset if, if you see someone that you fancy struggling um, and don't get yeah. too excited, if a guy you've never heard of is 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 burning up training camp, um, it, it means something. It is important, but it doesn't really mean a lot. Uh, so uh, which roster spots uh, do you think are up for grabs uh, and any ideas on the guys who are going to win the starting jobs? Paul, over to you. Well, I think at the moment, Gareth, a lot of focus is on the offensive line and the centre position. So at the moment, it seems to be a 50-50 competition between Brendel 
and Brunskill. So dependent on which beat report you follow, um, Brendel's been taking snaps with the first, so is Brunskill. A name that I'm keeping an eye out for, Gareth, is Spencer Burford. He's been very mm. impressive at the right guard um, position in training camp. He's taken all the snaps with the first team, and apparently he's he's really looking the part. And obviously on and off the field, so I'm not sure how much content you guys are absorbing. I don't follow any other sports, Gareth, so I'm watching everything 49 <laughs> related. And uh, Burford really impressed me with how humble he was at his, his press conference, and Trent Williams has really taken him under his wing. I've focused a lot on the offensive line. Um, so you've got Aaron Banks, didn't look great last year. Um, obviously, I just said there, Spencer Burford in the centre. I don't think we'll see McGlinchey and Williams against the Green Bay Packers. I think Shanahan said that he's looking at starting some of his first string offensive linemen, but I think he'll be the interior only, if I'm honest, Gareth. What about you, Nadji? Do you think the offensive line, anything that I've missed or... No, no, I think it's a good point. I think you've covered it all quite nicely. Uh, the Jack Brendel Brunt kill is very interesting. Um, we also have Donovan West, you know, on the back of him, a rookie that could could be challenging. So that's something to watch for. You know, maybe second half against the Packers if you're up uh, you know, 3 a.m. and you need something to look for. I think he'll probably play. But yeah, I think we go a lot younger uh, all of a sudden. You know, losing Tomlinson and Mac, obviously that retired. Um, so yeah, Aaron Banks. I'm excited to see what he can bring. Uh, we knew we drafted him last year, second round, so with high expectation, and we didn't see him at all. So now he's he's there, so we can see what he what he's actually about uh, in in a real life game environment. Um, and then yeah, I think because our line is key uh, into what we do. Uh, it's definitely something I'll have, I'll have my eye on uh, during the Packers game. I think you covered it quite well here. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think <laughs> what world we're in that uh, we're quite happy to have uh, Mike McGlinchey a right tackle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wasn't quite the case a few years back. <laughs> Before Gareth jumps in there, Nadji, I said it on the last pod that was on with you guys. Brad Graham did an interview with McGlinchey, so anyone yeah. who wants to have a bit more of an insight. That was brilliant, and it gave a bit more understanding of his injury, Nadji, and where, where he's come yeah. from. So, sorry, Gareth, I just wanted to give that another plug because it's a much a must watch for Forty Nineers fans. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, the, the The secondary, I think, has uh, has a few spots up for up for grabs. What have you What have you heard, Nadji? Well, with uh, with Travis Ward's injury, uh, I think Ambry Thomas. Will- really ended the season well last year and uh, was probably told to be starting this year if we didn't side one. Uh, it's probably going to slide in uh, to replace him. Um, so I think it's probably going to look the same as what we did uh, the back end of the year uh, with Eman and, and uh, Thomas on, on the outside. Quite surprised to see uh, Darkins Denard uh, in the slot. Um, I wasn't quite expected. It was kind of a signing that went a little bit under the radar and uh, Maybe not the most flashy, uh, but he's, he's up there on the death chart behind, you know, uh, in front of our favorite player of all time uh, for the 49ers, which is uh, Samuel Womack. Um, so, yeah, I think this is quite interesting. I, I would imagine safety is probably quite locked in. I think Jimmy Ward and Ufanga kind of had a good chemistry last season. And uh, as much as I don't like Mr. Ward, he's probably the best free safety we have at the moment. Um so I don't think there's much competition there. Uh, although I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, see people push uh, at the back to get, you know, to get a better 
safety position that can change the game maybe uh what what do you think gareth do you think uh darkies denar can do what uh williams uh, has given us for years well i think there there's there's a roster spot there obviously we're yeah. with k1 williams uh um leaving and obviously jacquiski tart leaving as well opens up two roster spots who are out there to to be one hafunga looks like he's perhaps got at least sort of one foot uh in the in the starting safety uh job but it does seem like uh marcel harris might be pushing him closer uh and i have heard that uh hafunga has struggled in in sort of man coverage uh and it might be a weakness to his game where we see those players uh get sw- regularly sw- uh, swapped out by D'Amico ryan's on on passing or running downs uh i yeah i am interested to see i thought you know k1 williams did a good job for us and a couple of seasons ago i i thought our defense was always better when he was on the field i think he had a fairly down year last year um and i don't know whether that's that's a change in the in the defensive sort of formation or mindset where maybe um uh there's there's more cover uh you you don't necessarily need a a standout uh player in the slot corner perhaps as much as maybe we we relied on in the past and perhaps that's why they were comfortable to let him go because he did seem to be an important positional piece for us so i certainly think that's one that's that's that could be wide open um and i think yeah i think we're all uh rooting for our mr womack to be uh to grab the starting job there and I think it's 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 a position where uh, yeah a, a rookie could can come through and grab it uh, yeah. and have that position down for a few years. What do you make, uh, Paul? What do you make of Di Molino and uh, and out Harry Castro Field that we just drafted, uh, being four and five uh, on the death chart, especially Lenore? Uh, are you a bit worried? Yeah, I mean he's received the bulk of the second team reps at Lenore, but I think that's more because Thomas has struggled, you know, on Abji. Well, when I say struggled, he hasn't hit the heights. I think what was expected, though, know, the way he ended the season and yeah. has come in. Um, I'm chuckling, Gareth, because before I answer Nadji's question, you mentioned Samuel Warmack, Lee, and Gary Thorpe have both got number 26 jerseys. So there's not <laughs> just Mr. Gowland waiting nervously to see whether Warmack. But again, he's he he's showed glimpses. Um, but yeah, Lenore, it's it's a strange one, Nadji, because like I said. I, I'm surprised to see him getting as many reps with the second team. And you you mentioned Donovan West before. West's been mainly running with the third team. I don't yeah. know whether the plan is to stash him on the practice squad, so not oh, show him. Do you see what I mean? Um, yeah. But to be fair, Nadji, I've got to commend you for your, your comments on Jimmy Ward. It does look like Ward and Ward are guaranteed as the starters. And I think basically, Gareth, it's open up behind them. And I think... Pre-season is going to be good for those people like Lenore, like Warmack, who are kind of not guaranteed a spot yet, but they've got something to play for, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Let's not forget we got, you know, we got Jason Verrett, uh, you know, on the pub at the moment, which is the uh, unable to practice uh, list, um, recovering from an injury. Who's to say in, you know, week four or five when he's fully fit, comes in and, and has a, a 2019 kind of season and... Uh, and just steals a spot from whoever's playing at the moment. So uh, I think we're quite deep. I think I like the names. Um, I'm just um, corner is so important in this league. You wanna mm. you wanna be sure, and there's no certainty apart from apart from Eman and obviously with Ward's injury, Chavarius Ward. That is that's a little bit worrying, but it's it's a minor injury and you shouldn't miss too much hopefully. So uh, any other spot, Gareth? It could Sorry. be worse. Josh Norman could still be on the roster. And Very obviously, true. we've Very got true. Dante Johnson. 
Um, oh, he's, he's the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Still there, second string. Well, I, I was thinking of talking about the uh, um, uh, pre-season being a, a 90 players, where, which is in fact 89 and Dante Johnson. <laughs> yeah. He's always there. If, if you're new to following the Niners, Dante Johnson's been in and out of the practice squad for about five years now yeah. without a, really holding down a starting job on the team. But he's, he's clearly uh, a top professional if, if Shanahan keeps going back to him. Uh, yeah, he, again, I think, I think he had a really good season last year. He, he, you know, every time he was called upon and he played really well despite you know suffering tragedy and losing his mom uh, right in the middle of the season and having to go and still play to come back and play the game and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, the, the, yeah, respect. That's, that's not much you can say about the guy. He's hardworking for sure. So with the first preseason game upon us versus the Packers, uh, if again, if you've not uh, really followed the preseason, most teams will only use their, their starting players for potentially one series or even a few snaps at this point of the season. Uh, these guys know what they're doing. They don't need to prove it. Um, uh, playing them in preseason just exposes them to, to injury and wear and tear. So, for example, we're probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers um, uh, play for the Packers, um, and it's likely that players like Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel perhaps will will not get uh, much game time either. But don't worry, there are another two preseason games to come. So, if a player that you've got your eye on doesn't really feature too much in the first preseason game, it sometimes doesn't really tell you much. It either might mean they're they're potential starters so they're being saved or it might mean they're way down the depth chart and, and have got to wait for their chance in the second or or third preseason game or potentially have to hit some kind of targets in uh on the practice field which earns them the right to actually go out and feature in a game and potentially win themselves a job um Preseason games are usually pretty dull affairs and are quite often full of mistakes um and usually, as I said with Aaron Rodgers, most teams will, will not play the starters, particularly their starting quarterback. However, um, obviously with Trey Lance being fairly inexperienced, how much do you think Trey will play and how much do you think he should be playing in the first preseason game? Uh, oh, yep, I'll go. Um, I, th- I think he'll probably play one series, one drive. Um, I, will, I would say, and I would think that... Kyle probably wants to see a few things, uh, and and if for whatever reason uh, he's not able to throw some stuff at him, uh, because maybe he throws a pick and it doesn't, you know, the drive isn't long enough, or the position on the field isn't quite right, or uh, we score a touchdown on the first play, or something a bit crazy happens, he, he might get more. But I, I would imagine he's gonna have this uh, scripted drive like Kyle likes to do. Uh, to throw a couple of things here and there to just to see what Trey's like, how he responds, what you know, uh, how he gels with his O line and uh, and all that kind of thing. So I would imagine one, but uh, but potentially a, a second drive, depending how the first one goes. Uh, but not much more than that uh, until until much later in the season, I think. Paul, Paul? Uh, I agree with with Nadji Gareth. I, I think he's he's explained that perfectly. I would just add. Please show some patience, people, with Trey Lance. He's had some ups and downs in training camp, but that's what you expect from a 22-year-old rookie. But um, a disclaimer, Gareth, before you joined me and Nadji, we both will not be staying up for the pre-season game. Um, I make no apologies for that. Never miss a regular <laughs> season game. 
But the pre-season games, Gareth, I think you're doing a good job of trying to sell it because most ardent NFL fans don't still for the pre-season games because, like you said, we can watch it the next day and we can yeah. go over the stuff we want to go over. It doesn't matter the score. It doesn't matter if you didn't see it live. You can wake up on Saturday morning and see your 100 Twitter notifications and not worry you've missed out. But no, I think Nadji explained the trail thing really well. So well done, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm torn between trying to keep him, uh, obviously keep him fit uh, and the feeling that he, he needs more game time. I, I personally would like to see him play perhaps a quarter, uh, depending on how the drives go. Obviously, if you do a few, you know, a, a three and out with offensive line penalties and a running, running back fumbles the ball and drops on it, you know, what, what are you going to learn? You, yeah. you've, you've, you've got to put him in for for somewhere around 10 to 15 snaps. And I'd like to see him attempt somewhere around eight passes. Um, how, how do you, do you guys, there's, there's perhaps two schools of thought on preseason. One is that you keep it very, very simple and you don't show off your uh, uh, more imaginative plays. For example, you keep them hidden for the preseason. Um, but there's also, there's part of me that thinks if you can do a splash play, you know, attack with a deep ball, for example, um, even once in preseason, every defensive coordinator will remember, and you never actually have to play that that play again. They're always thinking about it. Where where, where do you sit on how much of the of the game plan, how much of the of the playbook should you actually um, put out there during the preseason? Um, yeah, it's difficult um, because especially in our situation where Upper Blue is clearly kind of new, uh, tailored to what Trey can do. And, and the new pieces we have with, you know, Rebe McLeod and and the and the backfield that we have that might be a little bit on the heavier side than than we used to. Um, so what you want to do is iron uh, all the little crinkle that you might have in your playbook and try plays and see see what they they actually look like on the field against a real defense. Because as much as you can. Uh, as much as you practice, you can never recreate the you know the speed and and the intensity of a game. And even preseason is probably right about twenty five percent, twenty to thirty percent of what an actual NFL game that counts towards the season might be in terms of you know intensity and 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 the the stakes and all that kind of stuff. So you, yeah, I think you you kind of have to try and find a balance between not showing too much because. Obviously, the league is a very reactive defensive coordinator as are uh, very, very smart and they're very good at analyzing what you do. But also, you can't go out there without knowing what your offense looks like. So uh, being being what it is now, I think I think we'll probably see a good portion of the playbook. Because um, ultimately, if you execute, execute well, it doesn't matter um, if the people knows what's coming. Uh, if you have the better athlete and the better players, you'll just beat them anyway. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, let's just let's put the league on notice. Uh, Trey's in the center now, and it's it's going to be a different 49ers. What do you mm-hmm. think, Paul? Is he going to? I mean, obviously, all the trick stuff and all the little intricate stuff. You know, you you don't show that. That's uh, that's for later. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember last year Gareth when uh, Trey took a series. I'm sure it was against the Chiefs at home, and he had that bomb to Sherfield. Yeah. And we were all super excited, thinking, what's this? Is this a deep oil? <laughs> Where's this come from? And I mean, um, the people who've been at training camp this week, Gareth, apparently there was a report of a trail ants um, RPO, and he kept it. And he, there's rumours of it between anywhere from 45 to 65-yard touchdown run, where he absolutely 
burn the first um, round defence and you think, oh, stuff like that, that gets you excited. But I agree with what Nadji said. I think Kyle Shanahan is very open with what we're going to do. We're going to run the ball. Trailance gives us an extra dimension. And you've kind of given me food for thought, Gareth, because whereas I was agreeing with Nadji, the way you were talking about Trailance playing a quarter, I was like, I would like to see it. The danger yeah. you've got is people on the other side of the ball are playing for their jobs, are playing for their lives. So all it takes is one absolute monster hit from someone on the Green Bay bubble and then all our hearts will be our mouths. But I don't think Kyle will... I think he's got his game plan for this game. Um, he's looking for certain things, like Nadji said. I mean, the reports coming out of training camp, Nadji, is Trey Sermon is doing well and he's possibly yeah, pushing for that number two slot. So maybe we yeah. could see a lot of... Trey Sermon Trey against Sermon, Green Bay yeah. or, you know, things like that. Like you were saying there, Danny Gray, is this a chance for Trey to build that chemistry with Danny Gray? Because he's already got it with IU. I don't think Dave will be playing. So as much as the preseason games, Gareth, can be a little bit of a nightmare, for things like that, it can be quite good. But I would love to see a splashy play. More so, so we can um, show the naysayers who are telling us that Trey Lance is a bust and he can't throw the ball. And I would like to see something. What about you, Gareth? What are you looking for? Uh, I I I think it's it's a good idea, particularly on something like special teams, to just chuck a trick play in there, because the if if you do it once, everyone will remember and account for it, and you never ever actually have to run that trick play again. You've always put that seed of doubt into into certainly the special teams coordinator. Um, so so I'd love to see like a fake field goal or a fake punt <laughs> or something like that, yeah. because I really because it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. The fact that you've tried it suddenly makes people take notice and think, ah, and it puts, it's that putting that indecision um, into the minds of players about should, should they go or stay? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think there's um, uh, good use in using the preseason games as, as kind of mind games, really yeah. playing one way or leading one way. And then you're actually going to do something different because um, it's the only tape people will have to look at. Um, on week one uh, you you mentioned running back I think other than Elijah Mitchell I think the running back spots are potentially wide open uh, so you mentioned Trey Sermon who else is going to get carries well obviously our, our rookie uh, Tyon these oh, names are Tyon Davis Price um, you you want to see I, mean, I want to see Sermon being better than what he showed last year and I know he got injured and and a few snap he got uh, uh, I think he looked good but not quite good enough uh for for where we picked him and then obviously tyron davis price was a, a third rounder again so he, he's probably going to get a quarter of carries i would imagine probably the entirety of the second half um yeah, maybe the whole third quarter or something like that so you want to see maybe a flash play something that can make you uh you know kind of confident that that there is something that might need work but there's definitely something there. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a position that'll be interesting to watch. Down the wide receiver, I think you're right, Paul. Danny Gray, and uh, I want to see what Ray Ray McLeod can uh, add to our offense. If he's going to play, probably not, not a lot, I would imagine. Uh, and then there's a, uh, and, and then there's quarterback. Um, I know it's you know <laughs> tiring of talking about quarterbacks, and it was Jimmy G for all these years, but. Uh, I want to see what Sutfeld's got. I want to see what Brock Purdy's got. Uh, because, you know, somebody said once that you're only ever as good as your backup. Um, you know, if you're, if Trey uh, ever comes down for whatever reason, uh, can we still keep winning games and, and not lose the, the entire season? Is It's quite important until Trey comes back 
you know, to finish off the playoff at the end of the season. I think it's it's quite important. So I want to see what Sudfeld looks like, uh, if we can count on him, if if we ever need to. So that'll be interesting to watch. Your name to mention, Gareth, is Jordan Mason, the undrafted rookie, mm. being turned yeah. head the training camp. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. and Adji, his place is under threat at the moment because, like you said, Mitchell, I think Sermon's shown well, obviously TDP. I'm going to nickname him that. It's yeah. easier than Adji. Uh, yeah, God Mason. So, I mean... And, Mc- and, and Hasty, that's, you know, in his third year mm-hmm. with us now. So he's got the uh, the playbook in, in, under wraps, you would imagine. So Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see how... Uh, uh, Shanahan is going to potentially evolve this running game. I think I think one thing that we struggled with last year was that sort of third and fourth and short, where we I can remember we botched a, a couple of attempts at fourth and ones, um, and and our best option was a, was a Jimmy G sneak much of the time. Uh, and I, I wonder how much Shanahan got a lot of flack I think for some of the play calling there, but I, I also think it's the fact that he doesn't have that bigger reliable short yardage back. Uh, and I and I'm sure that's what he was looking at with 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 Tyrion Davis Price. Um, so it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see who he's going to use in which situations, um, and, and whether um, he is looking for a running back he can bring specifically in to say I, I'm not asking you to get five yards of carry. I'm asking you to get three yards of carry every time, um, and 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 have somebody who can just get us over that hump of of the short yardage that we we seem to. Um, uh, struggle on last year, so uh, I'm I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see what we do because I don't think a, a use check will play, and how will our offense uh, uh, look without him? Because we don't really have a a direct replacement. I think we we have a fullback who's been kicking around a couple of years, Josh Hokett okay, on yeah. the squad. But um, you know, use check is certainly a guy you don't want to stick in a preseason. He do, he doesn't need to prove anything. Absolutely. Um, so. I'm interested to see how, how the offense is potentially going to evolve and whether I don't think he'll do designed runs for Trey Lance, but whether, uh, you know, Sudfeld's got him, got it in him to to do a couple of those and, and mix up the running game. Um, it, it's, it's going to be an evolution. I think changing quarterback always requires it. Um, we've we're, wide receivers are pretty set. We're, certainly we've got a good running back in Mitchell. Um, but I think some of the other spots are um, it's going to be interesting to see who fits in our new offense because it because it will be a slightly new Shanahan offense yep couldn't agree more well done. In, anything else you're you're going to look out for any other guys you want to mention as we wrap up the the beginning of the uh first game preview I suppose yeah uh no I mean we, we are going to lose uh a few players after the end of this week on Monday I believe is the first cut down to I forgot uh, 70, isn't it? I might be 70. Wrong. That's quite a, 70 away. It's got a big I thought it was big, only 10 guys. Yeah, first. I think it's it's around 10 the first and then to 60 and then to 53 or something like that. So um we'll have a clear indication of what uh, you know what positions are still open and what other ones maybe not so much by who gets cut and uh who sticks around and, and that kind of thing. Um, no, I mean, it's the first preseason. Um, let's just avoid injury, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can only echo that. Um, particularly, this is the time uh, you start to see, as I think you mentioned, the uh, Jets have lost the starting yeah. offensive line. Uh, 
Um, I, I forget who it was, but I think I think the Cowboys lost one of their starters as well. And these are guys who are gone for the season. Uh, e- even if you pick up a, a relatively mild injury now, if you're going to miss a big chunk of the season and and then not going to be match fit for the last part of the season, yeah. uh, players players will often be put on the injured reserve, and that means their season is done um, before it's even started. Um, uh, and yeah, personally, I don't like to see that happen to any team. Um, le- least of all the Niners, of course. But uh, I do feel, you know, for some of these guys who've worked so hard yeah. all off season to get back from an injury to just, you know, lose another season. The seasons go quick. Um, they do indeed. Uh, yeah, keep keeping keeping the guys fit is is the best thing. Uh, after the Packers, we will move on to uh, joint practices with the Minnesota Vikings uh, and another preseason game against them. Uh, I think the pro- the joint practices are good value. Um, yeah. uh, and I- I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a, a pointless scuffle fight yep. break out in joint practice. It's, Absolutely, it's not, it's not preseason if that doesn't happen. As far as I'm <laughs> yeah, concerned. that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bound to happen. Uh, you know, people, as you said, playing for their their lives and their job on the field and giving everything. Uh, obviously, uh, tensions high. So yeah, can't wait. So, so introduction to the preseason wrapped up. Uh, Paul, any public service announcements before we finish up? I do up? have a slightly left field one, so if you bear with me. So it was Tracy's 40th birthday on Sunday last week, Gareth, and we had a party in our local pub, which Lee Gowland and his lovely wife joined myself. And Connor Ryan was also a member of the group. So the reason for this announcement, Gareth, is Connor Ryan had his first fireball experience. So (laughs) if uh, anybody is new to the group, Lee Gowland and Martin Hughes have unofficially coined fireball as our official drink of choice. So I will let you reach out to um, Connor, Gareth and Najee to see how his head was the next morning. But uh, (laughs) the reason I mentioned that, Gareth, is Lee has mentioned week one against the Bears. We are having um, an in-season meet-up. Lee has posted some details in the group about host city obviously the venue hasn't been guaranteed yet but for people who want a bit more information please join the group and have a look at what um lee has, has put in there but it would be great to see new and old faces there um the meetups are great fun for those of that have been and obviously we're what four five weeks away now so other than that gareth i think we're pretty quiet on the uh social media market in front yeah, but watch out for that. I think as soon as soon as we know the details, where everyone else will know. Yeah, yes, for sure. Once I get the green light, so I am sworn to secrecy, Gareth. Which my fingers on that tweet button are very difficult to do. Um, on a side <laughs> note, just like to thank everybody who reached out to wish me a happy birthday. It was much appreciated, and um, thank you guys for holding the fort last week while I was away. I didn't have withdrawal symptoms, Nadji. I did have a couple <laughs> of days phone free. Lee was back on the tweet account, which I think he did a sterling job, but I've wrestled it back from him. So, yes, all the tweets that are going out now, Gareth, are from me. <laughs> did, did you get any birthday messages from anyone interested? Well, believe it or not, last year I got a George Kittle jersey and I tweeted it out and George Kittle wished me happy birthday. Some people saw that tweet because it's pinned on my profile and used that to wish me happy birthday. So, George, <laughs> yet again... Gareth reached out today and wished me happy birthday for the second year. Oh, running. very good. So, um, Nick Clark, fan engagement officer for the 49ers, also tweeted me a message and I got a couple of shout outs from the content creators, which I was blown away with. I've said all along, Gareth, I'm just a fan in the UK, love what we do, and it, it's been humbling to kind of have people reach out. So, on that note, thank you to everyone who took the time to send me a message. It was much appreciated. 
Excellent. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll be trying to record another pod each week leading up to the season. Um, working the holiday commitments ha- have made it a bit uh, difficult for, to get us all together at the same time um, recently. But we uh, we are going to do our best to uh, stoke up the hype train um, uh, for, for a month's time where we, we start on yeah September 11th against the Bears. Mm-hmm. So thank you again to everyone who listens to the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and you can even leave a comment. Uh, Don't forget also about our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching for 49er Faithful UK. So we will be back soon. Uh, Enjoy, if you can, the preseason game against the Packers. Uh, Until next time, go Niners. Go Niners. Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students have Bill Walsh don't ever...